Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. My guest this week is one of my favorite human beings on the entire planet. Um, They are a host of a new podcast. Um, They are a TikToker. Uh, They are the TikTok grandma. Please welcome Mary Jo to the show. Hello. Hey. So you ready to dive right into this thing? Let's do it. All right. First question is, what is the most random thing on your bucket list? Oh, wow. Um, Probably learning to speak Russian. That would be the most random because we've had exchange students live with us that came from Russian speaking countries whose parents only speak Russian, but we're still in contact with them. So I think it'd be cool to actually be able to speak their native language. I feel like that would that would be a good thing to have given like the current political climate. (laughs) Right. I mean, foreign languages would be good, period. True. Yeah, specifically Russian. Uh, What is your go to karaoke song? Um, I will survive. Fantastic tune. I love it. Um, Who was your favorite member of the Spice Girls? Oh, man. Um, Probably Baby Spice, just because she's the most memorable, I think. Okay. Uh, What is the most terrible thing that you've watched all the way through on a streaming service? On a streaming service? Yeah. Oh, that's a hard one. Because usually if it's on a streaming service, I ditch it if it's garbage. Um, or, or just on TV in general. Um, the only thing I can think of that I've ever watched all the way through was a movie, and I hated it. I got to the end of it, looked at my friend, and I went, that's two hours of my life. I could never get back. It was the ring. <laughs> hated it. I thought it was the biggest waste of time. Um, you are given your own late night talk show. Who's your first guest? Oh man, I can have anybody I want. Anybody live alive or not? Yeah, uh, Reba McIntyre. Fantastic first guest. I mean, I'm a musician. I've, I've I've been a musician all my life, so either her or Dolly Parton. I mean, one of those two. One of the two. <laughs> um, objectively. What is the greatest Disney film of all time? Not your favorite. What is the greatest Disney film of all time? Um, this is not my favorite. I will, I will admit that out of the gate. Um, but I think Moana is pretty fantastic. Because she definitely wants to make things right. She wants to fix the problem, which means leaving. But it's not like... So many movies and books and things show teenagers wanting to run away from home because, of course, life is better somewhere else, which we all know it's not. She genuinely wants to help her people. She genuinely wants to do the right thing. She's she's not against the idea of taking over as cheap, but she knows there's something wrong that needs to be fixed. And so she's she's not trying to run away. 
Um, she doesn't need to be rescued necessarily. It's not a sappy romance. Um, so objectively, as someone who raised three daughters and has three granddaughters growing up now, um, I think Moana is one of the, is, is the best thing they've put out there recently as far as showing that it's okay to love where you're from and want to stay there and still try to fix the problems that are impacting the world. I like that. Um, do you have an unusual celebrity crush? Like somebody who, if you bring it up, people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I've crushed on every actor who's ever played Sherlock. That's fair. That's fair, though. Yeah, like whether it was, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch or the guy that played him in elementary, like. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when the two of them, right at the beginning of the pandemic, the two of them were in a production of Frankenstein together that the, the, the British theater put out on a video. They, they streamed it so people could watch it when theater had shut down. And both of them had learned both major roles. Both of them had been the doctor. Both of them had been the creature. And so I've watched it with both. And it's really weird because I'm like mad crushing on both of them, not because of those roles, but because they both played Sherlock. And so that's when my daughter looked, messaged me and said, you realize that probably means that you're like sapiosexual, right? Like smart men are a turn on. I'm like, well, I've married a smart man, so yes, probably. But it's not necessarily the individual celebrities. It's just the fact that he played Sherlock makes them crushable for me. Okay. Um, bra, always on or only when you have to? Only when I have to. <laughs> um, what is something that you believe to be true, but no one else agrees with you on? Wait, I believe to be true that nobody else agrees with me on. I wouldn't say nobody else agrees with me on this, but a lot of people I grew up with don't, because I grew up very evangelical. Um, and there is a very strongly held belief that in the afterlife among Christian folk that we all are sort of these asexual beings that just spend all of our time sitting around and singing. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think from my own study of scripture that God wants to take it back to the garden and Adam and Eve were getting busy in the garden, I'm just saying. Um, so people tend to pin it on this one verse that says there's no giving of and receiving of in marriage. Well, okay, there may not be the institution of marriage as it's licensed now, but I don't think that means that we lose our sex drive in eternity. And that's a very unpopular opinion in the evangelical circles in which I grew up. If you could have an entire theater to yourself and you could watch any film in the entire world, what would you pick? Dead Poets Society. Oh, fantastic. That is a fantastic film. Absolute favorite movie. Absolute favorite movie of all time. Do you wash your legs in the shower? Yes. <laughs> Where else would I do it? But yeah. Um, what is the one sport that you would most like to compete in at the Olympics? Ice skating. Because I think it's the prettiest, but I don't have the ankles to ice skate. I can't stay up on ice skates. <laughs> Never was going to happen. I feel that. Like, uh, if they were making a biopic about your life, who would play you? I have to say, the, the one celebrity I constantly get told I look like is Kathy Bates. 
I get told all the time that that I remind people of her. So I'd have to go with her because that's the one that it's the only celebrity I've ever been told I look like. So I could I I could see Kathy Bates. I could also see like a Time Daily. I love Time Daily. She I, think, I think she's awesome. Sharon Glass also. Oh yeah, I like her too. Yeah, like okay, now you're my new favorite because you're bringing up other people. But it's always I always get Kathy Bates. Always get Kathy Bates. Nude beach or not a chance? Not a chance. <laughs> not because I don't want to see, uh, like, do you peaches, but nobody needs to see this on one of those kind of beaches. So, no. What is, and we're at the halfway point now, uh, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? Wait. Um, it, it's specifically... Um, connects to the performing arts world. Um, when I was living in Erie, Pennsylvania and doing shows at the community theater there, um, their longtime executive director used to tell all of his casts right before going on stage for a show, give them love and they'll give it back. And it's true in theater that if you show your passion for your art, the audience will respond. But I've discovered the older I get and the somewhat wiser I get that that's just true in life. That if you put your honest self, your honest passions, your honest drive out there, people are going to respond and you're going to be surrounded by those you should be surrounded by. You're going to attract those that you want to be associated with. But yeah, it came from a theater director. That's awesome. Uh, What is objectively the greatest television show of all time? Numbers. Really? Yeah, I hated math in school. I struggled with it. I don't have an analytical brain at all. I'm a performing arts person. Um, And I was, I had great math teachers. They tried their best with me, but my brain just does not do stack things in columns and add it up, which is, you know, what I grew up with. Um, The first time I watched numbers, I did it because I liked the one actor because he had been in Northern Exposure. Mm. That's why I watched the first episode ever of it. And I was intrigued and I have watched that entire series start to finish probably five times now. And I watch it because this brilliant supposed genius explains math in ways that make sense to my brain. And so now I sit back and go, well, math is not all that hard if somebody would explain it that way. So yeah, it's ironic that, that I find that show so intriguing because I am not a math person at all normally, but I love that. I, the, the cast also, I mean, the cast dynamic is great, but I love that they got so creative and used such common, ordinary, everyday things to explain mathematical concepts they're talking about so that even people like me can can get into the show, can get invested. I feel that I'm definitely, like, I'm not a numbers person either. Like, it just, no. it's too much. No. Uh, what is your guilty pleasure? Um, smut books. Okay. Like, romances, like... They call it mommy porn, like those those <laughs> skinny romances. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I yeah. if aliens landed on Earth tomorrow and they offered to take you with them, would you go? No. Not unless I could take everybody I care about with me. And they probably wouldn't want to have to take all those people. So no. Like I would need my grandkids and my kids and my husband and yeah. So no. 
if you could commit any crime and get away with it, what crime would you choose? Mm. Boy, there's a couple of politicians I would like to get out of circulation, but that seems a little graphic. Um, if I could rob Fort Knox and make sure that every school in the country has the money they need for their performing arts programs, and they never have to do another stupid fundraiser again, ever, that would be it. I like that. I would fully support you in that endeavor. <laughs> um, objectively, what <laughs> is Whitney Houston's greatest song? Um, I didn't know my own strength. Oh, fantastic. I have a, I have a badass bitch playlist. that's all just girl power songs by female singers. And that one's on there. And it's what it's one of my favorites on that playlist, which is like seven hours long. <laughs> so it's definitely, it's definitely gotta be the one I consider her best because it's one of my favorites. If you could bring back any fashion trend, what would you pick? Bring back any fashion trend? Yep. Um, nothing from my teenage years. Let's leave eggplants in the 80s. Um, honestly, maxi dresses. Like that whole hippie vibe, maxi dresses, maxi skirts. Yeah. That, that, that hippie era vibe where everything was loose and flowy and comfy. See, I feel like retailers are trying to do that now, but they're doing it in a like little house on the prairie vibe. Yeah. That's just they're not. They're doing little house on the prairie vibe instead of like sleeveless maxi dresses, which is what we're wanting. We want sleeveless maxi dresses with some spandex in the fabric and this long sleeved poofy or Ingalls Wilder wore it better. No. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite cuss word? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that pops out the easiest. The, but the other one, when I'm trying to, if I'm trying to tame myself in it at all, the other one, um, when referring to people, is I will call them a twat waffle. I love that. Which, that, that walks the line of being a swear word, but it's one I can get away with at work when the cooks are being stupid. I can call them a twat waffle when the people just laugh. Uh, what is a film that most people hated, but that you love unabashedly? Way. That's a hard one. Um, I don't know if a lot of people hated this one. I just know a lot of people when I talk about it have never seen it. And I absolutely love it. And it's The Ringer. I feel like I, I. Guy pretends to be um, special needs so he can compete in the Special Olympics because he needs to raise money to help his gardener who doesn't have any insurance and needs to get his fingers stitched. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that. I, don't... I love it, but when I time and like it's like my kids and I watched it enough that it gets quoted in our family, and I'll I'll start quoting it and somebody will be like, "What's that from?" And when I mention the movie, they're like, "I've never heard of it." So my family loves it, but I have so many people I know that have never even seen it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I've seen it. I just I don't like I don't have vivid memories of it. So it was oh, probably I feel one like of I those. Said, it didn't get quoted in my house. 
yeah, yeah, chunks of it get quoted in my house on a regular basis. What is the one film that you could watch over and over again and never get sick of? Center Stage. That's a fantastic film. I feel like that's an underrated, just absolutely fantastic film. Very much so. The talent in that film is ridiculous. That was, I want to say that was like Zoe Saldana's like first, like big. That was the first thing I remember ever seeing her in. Yeah. Was that movie. And that that part at the end when, uh, I want to say it's, it's, swan lake that they're doing and she comes out mm-hmm. instead of the girl i cry every single time and i know it's coming that, that moment between that girl and her mom when she says you didn't have the feet to be a dancer i don't have the heart then and working in the performing arts the number of kids i've seen that have done band or choir or something all the way through high school and when they get done with high school they're just done with it it's not something that ever dug into them as a passion it's just something they did to pass the time and to watch parents who didn't have necessarily, I've seen that again and again, with parents who didn't necessarily have the skill set that their kids did, not understand why their kids could just walk away from it when they were wildly talented. And the whole moment when her, uh, when she shows up at the boyfriends and she's like, I watched a fellow dancer break his leg and I wished it was me and she's hysterical. Yeah, that, I'm, I don't even wait until she comes out at the end to dance. I'm already crying before we even got into that part. Um, if you were writing your autobiography right now, what would the title be? Would have something to do with music, of course. Um, I, I, I can't come up with a good title right off the top of my head, but it would have something to do with like mental health and music and the connection between those two things in my life, the fact that music is such a major part of my own mental health coping skills. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite Christmas song? Um, wait, that's tough. Um, I love O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which is a really dark minor um, Christmas carol. But as far as Christmas songs, I love grown-up Christmas list which I know is a sappy song and it's kind of predictable for somebody of my age but yeah I like that I do like that I I love um Kelly Clarkson did a version of that for like the American Idol Christmas album right. and I think that's the one that everybody knows um but you know it's it's Kelly Clarkson and she has a fantastic voice and right. you know She's got one of those voices now, that is, just lends itself to Christmas music. Right. I will I will say this. There is another one that I love. Um, it's a sexy Christmas song that Amy Grant recorded um, called Christmas for You and Me. And it's meant to be this. The kids are in bed. It's Christmas Eve. We have some time. You know, why don't you unwrap this gift that's all tied up in leather and, or in, in lace that I got for you, ribbons and lace that I got for you. So it's, that's also a fun one to listen to, but you have to be in the right company to listen to. That's not what I want to bust out listen to when my mom's around, you know. Right. That's funny because like most people, you you don't associate Amy Grant with like a sexy song. Because right. like she but had that, that one pop album and then you know she's mostly been known as a Christian artist. Right. But she's got Christmas for you and me, which is like there literally is a line about 
unwrap the ribbons and lace. Like it's literally this, the kids are all in bed, let's have a fun adult playtime Christmas Eve. Literally that's, that's the song, it's subtle. So you can play it in front of the right crowd and they wouldn't catch it right away, but I can't help but sing along. So the first time one of my adult daughters heard me singing it, she was like, Mother! I was like, what? I have four kids. What do you think? <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it, that's a surprising that the only artist I've ever heard recorded is Amy Grant. If you had an extra $20 to spend on yourself and you had to spend it on yourself, and you could not purchase food, what would you buy? Books. That's not even hard. <laughs> <laughs> not even hard. Oh, I have, I have a problem. Yeah, I, I have way more books that I haven't read, and I keep buying them when I have a stack of them that I haven't read that I already own. That's, that's a fantastic problem to have. So. I have like over a thousand on my Kindle I haven't read yet. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was, if you had to recommend one book in your library to the listeners of this podcast, what would you recommend? This is a bonus question. Cambiare by Avery Ames. Um, It's the first in a series. Um, It's an indie author and it is all, it takes place. It's a dark face story, very dark. Um, and the main female character, they don't call it bipolar disorder, but everything that they talk about when she's talking about her fits or her moods, um, it reads like bipolar disorder and she's also a musician. And so obviously I identified hardcore with that character. The book is amazing. Like you're used to dark fae books in which the fae characters get really dark, but the fae prince says to her at one point in time, there's something dark in you princess and I'm afraid that I'm awakening it. Like she's almost darker than these twisted creatures she's running into. So. Yeah, it's the first book in a series. I know the next one should be coming out here soon. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, do you do you believe in the afterlife? I do. And what let's let's say that it's heaven. What does heaven look like for you? Um, ironically, it doesn't look like what a lot of people think it is because I also um, as a Jesus follower, the Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth, and the fact that that's where we're going to be hanging out. We're not going to be sitting in the clouds and playing on harps. Um, Adam and Eve, before the fall, before sin, they were created to work. There was still a garden to care for. There were still animals to care for. So the fact that there is work to be done in and of itself is not the problem. It's how hard the work is to do. You know, sin complicated the work. Um, so I believe that there will still be children being born and people to teach and relationships to to be involved with and and to be harvested and homes to be cared for i i believe it'll be a perfected version of the life we're already living i believe that's what the intention is i like that if you had to delete all but three apps from your phone and the ones that come preloaded on the phone don't count. Which three do you keep? I keep TikTok, I keep Instagram, and I keep Twitter. Those are fantastic choices. Those are the ones I'm on the most. <laughs> <laughs> Just makes the most sense. Yeah, those are those those are the three that I always get the notification of do you want to put these three apps to sleep? And I'm like, no, 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 leave those up. 
everything else, but not those three. Last question. Oh boy. What is a question that you wished I had asked and how would you have answered? Um, well, it's good. It, it's gotta be um, music related. And so the question I always ask people is what is your go-to song when life sucks? What is your go-to song when life is falling apart and you need, and my answer, again, I'm going to go back to Amy Grant. Apparently I have a girl crush on her. <laughs> Um, is a song called Better Than a Hallelujah, which confronts that kind of when life sucks kind of thing. How do you handle it? And and basically the song says, it's okay, even as someone who is a believer, it's okay to, to be angry and to cry and to vent. Sometimes God appreciates that honesty more than he does a fake hallelujah from you. So so yeah, that's as, as a musician, that's one of my big things. Let me hear your playlist for when life sucks and I'll know you better thing or what song is your go-to when life isn't good and that's mine I mean I have a whole playlist but that's definitely the one I make sure I hear on the playlist all right well we are at the end of the show um is there anything that you would like to plug um that maybe perhaps my listeners should be listening to or where they can find you on social media um, on social media, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, um, Instagram. I'm not on Facebook much, but I am there because that's where I can see extended family. Um, as far as I'm still exploring the podcast world myself. So um, there are some good ones out there, especially um, I've been finding a lot of my own reconstructing my faith journey has been encouraged by podcasts. And there are several out there. Um, that one girl, Rachel, has one that I love. Um, so yeah, there are several out there of that. But I do think we need to make sure your audience knows that you and I have a weird connection that I only just discovered. I didn't realize you were one of Laura's recruits for the BDC. I did yep. not realize we had that connection. I knew we connected on TikTok, but I didn't know that Laura recruited both of us. I didn't realize that we had that BDC mom connection. Yeah. She found me after, after the Tulsa rally. She found me after the Tulsa rally event happened because she had been in Iowa working on Pete's campaign and I worked on Pete's campaign in Iowa as well. So she knew people and was able to connect the dots to get to me. And then when she was commenting on your stuff on Twitter, I was like, wait a minute, why are these two pieces of my life talking to each other? And I was like, oh yeah, I recruited her for the BBC just like I did you. I was like, so I just think that's wild that we had this other connection that I knew nothing about until a few days ago. Yeah, she, um, she messaged me one day. Um, it was... I feel like it was it was shortly after um, Vice President Harris was picked as the vice presidential nominee, and um, she sent me a message and she was like, "Hey, go go fill out this application real quick." And I was like, "Oh, okay, all right." Yeah, with me it was she, she emailed me. She got my no, she got my phone number from somebody from the woman that worked in our area. Um, she called me and left me a voicemail. So I called her back that night, the night of the Tulsa rally. And she said, just come see, just, just come sit in a Zoom meeting tomorrow and just see, just see what you think. And I showed up in the Zoom meeting and in the Zoom meeting was, okay, Mary Jo, so you're going to do this. And I was like, okay. So just see turned into, you're on the team. 
yeah. yeah, that was like, I filled it out. And then like within five minutes of hitting submit, I had an email from the BDC and it was like, congratulations, you're on the TikTok team. And I went, what? Yeah, that's, that's how Laura works. That's, yeah. She picked her people and went like, just come check it out. And I'm just going to put you to work as soon as you get there. So you don't really have to say no. And I loved it. It was such a cool experience. Yeah. Now I... I will give a bit of an exclusive on this podcast um, since you are here and we are talking about the BDC. Um, I have another show called uh, This Is Not An Endorsement, and I am currently in the process of putting together a BDC reunion for the January episode. Fun. Fun. So That's awesome. So you will definitely have to come back for that. That was that. Yeah, that'll be cool. Thanks. This was fun. I'm glad you could well, be you don't here. Punches, do you? I, do, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for anyone who would like to listen to Mary Jo's podcast, um, it is called Hello, My Lovelies. I will leave uh, the link in the episode description. Um, I have been listening to it. It's one of it's on heavy rotation for me um i think what you're doing is informative and it's not it's not real luxury it's not real preachy it's just it's fantastic and yours is one of the voices that i tend to go to when shit stops making sense so thank you for joining the podcast realm Thank you for being on this show. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode be sure to like and subscribe. To our friends on Apple please leave us a review. 30 Questions With, is a Spring Break 83 production.